0: Can you imagine, uh, even three years ago, neither of us would have ever believed that this call was happening. If anybody listening like hears the ambience in the back, I'm actually loving it. Oh my gosh, I didn't
1: realize you could hear people
0: behind. No, 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 no. It's, it's so cool. Um, she's uh, taking um, a dog on a walk in a campsite oh, in France. I'm so sorry. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Early Robin Gets the Worm podcast. This is Robin, and today I'm very, very excited. I have one of my dear friends, Gabrielle Wilson, on the podcast. Um, We're kind of in a unique situation. Uh, She is abroad, which she will tell you about, but um, I am just super excited to have her on. So, uh, Gabrielle or Elle, thank you for coming on and joining me. Yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for
1: having me, Robin.
0: Oh, of course. Um, actually, when I was preparing for this podcast right before I uh, released everything and started it, you were literally like within my top three guests that I always knew I wanted to have on. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. You have such amazing experiences, which we'll, uh, I guess, get a little bit into in this episode, but I've been so excited for this. Um, and even just to talk to you, we had a little bit of a call before this, and it was just so good to talk to you.
1: Um, it was so good to talk to you, too. I thank love you. It.
0: Well, I thought it was so cool that we're doing a podcast now, because this kind of feels like a I don't know, full circle moment. I don't know if you remember, but we always used to, if not voice messages, we'd always send each other videos instead of texting, just videos of us talking. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, I remember that. <laughs> and so oh, this what a like good was such memory. a cool moment, you know, that was us in high school, and now here we are um, just, yeah, adults and <laughs> still doing another version of that um, just a little more publicly, but... Uh, Before we get into anything, I did want to kind of share a little bit about our background to give people listening some context. Um, I thought we'd share our story on how we became friends, which is pretty funny, actually. It's hilarious.
1: (laughs) I'm so Um, excited to hear this.
0: Yeah, and definitely please chime in. Basically, I feel like most of our friendship was cultivated in high school. We were both going to high school Mm -hmm. in California, and um, man, like we were in... I think we were in one class together, but then we also ran uh, Kongs for Christ, this Christian ministry club um, for other students. We ran that together, and you were such a huge part of that that I really appreciated. Um, and then mm-hmm. there was a time when we played on the tennis team together, all Yay! kinds of crazy things. <laughs> um, we were even pen pals, even though we literally saw each other every day. <laughs> it's just it. the kind of it special so cool. friendship I feel like I have with you, but... It was funny. I'm sure you remember this, but, um, like I mentioned, we would send each other like photos or videos instead of texts. And one day after having this friendship, probably for months at that point, you, (laughs) you sent me this picture and you were like, by the way, where did you go to school for third grade? (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I know exactly where this is going (laughs) because fleetingly at some points I had thought, you know, she looks really familiar, but I'm, I'm just crazy. Like as a military kid, there's no chance that I'm like seeing an old friend again. Um, but I was like, oh, I went to charter, like homeschool charter school. Uh, yeah. Here back in California. And so we realized that we were friends before and I was your was it Secret Santa or
1: something? Like that? You were my Secret Santa <laughs> yes. and you gave me this hot chocolate from I think Disneyland. Yeah. And it was blue. And yeah. I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And I I still remember how it tasted, oddly enough. No it was way. like a white hot chocolate. No,
0: really. It's so <laughs> But it was colored blue. <sighs> it's so special that you remember that, like everything and just even the details and that you could bring it up again. But yeah, already that turned a really already special friendship for me, at least into something, um, all the more meaningful. And so, yeah, uh, and to keep in touch over all this, um, not just time, but I guess leading into what I'm about to, um, ask you about this distance, because after we graduated, I, like most people kind of went to university. So I went, um, in Seattle, but you took, I would dare say quite a different path, not necessarily the (laughs) conventional route, but, um, we'll get more into it, but could you share kind of, I know there's so much that's occurred, but a quick summary of kind of what happened after high school up to where you are now.
1: Yeah. Yes. So, um, the Lord put France on my heart at a young age um, and I just had this burning passion for it. it. It began with the language. I just found it to be so beautiful and like poetry. And I just was like, I want it. And so, um, I began learning French on my own when I was like 13, 14, but I quickly was like, I can't do this because <laughs> I didn't have anyone teaching me the correct ways of doing it. I only had YouTube videos. Um and then in high school I decided to take French as a foreign language and that's when I really fell in love with it and then I learned more about the culture and then I fell really in love with the culture and just was like oh my gosh this feels like home and um yeah and so I just kind of stepped deeper into that and I was like okay I could make it my home like that's totally a possibility why why wouldn't I do that and so I uh began you know, practicing French more seriously. And, um, I made it a goal to get to France after high school. And, um, the Lord opened that door and I was able to live there right after I graduated. Um, and it was all prepared for me. I didn't have to pay for my flight. I didn't have to, um, pay for room or board. In fact, I was being paid while I lived there um, unfortunately I was only able to live there for 90 days cause my visa was refused. But in those 90 days, it was so clear that that's where I was supposed to be. I was specifically in the Paris region, um, which is beautiful, but I left wanting even more of the country. So when I came back from France for the first time that I'd ever been there, I was like hungry for more of it. And, and um, Yeah, I just kind of was like, it doesn't even matter where in Europe I end up. I just need to get back there. I can't stay in the States for any longer because it just felt like a piece of me was missing, which sounds Mm. kind of dramatic, but it was really how I felt. And so, yeah, I just needed to get back there. And so I had another opportunity in France open up for me with a job, like a like a more serious job than nannying, Um, and I took it, I said yes to it, and I began the paperwork process, and as I was booking my visa appointment in LA, and if anyone listening has experiences, um, or has experienced visa complications, you know, the stress of this, um, anyways, the offices shut down, so I couldn't submit any of my paperwork that I had worked so hard to complete, and I, at that moment, I was like, okay, Lord, I guess this is just what is meant to happen, and Oddly, I was, like, really at peace about it. I was still super bummed because I was like, I don't know when the next um, time I'm going to be in France is. I don't know if I said this before, but the offices shut down because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And France as a nation shut its borders to any foreigners coming in. um, And all the foreigners that were there on temporary residence had to go out. So I was stuck out of France. And it wasn't until... um, 2021 20, that I was able to move back to Europe. Um this time I I'm looking at four more years ahead of me of legal residency, which is really crazy. But in a nutshell that's um where my heart is and um how I got here and yeah, kind yeah. of a little little tip of the iceberg as far as the future goes.
0: Totally. And that's I mean it's interesting you bring that up about it being kind of the tip of the iceberg because I was thinking, you know, now I mean, obviously, there's a lot of details that had to be spared for time's sake, but you can kind of sum up this whole journey thus far, like in a minute or two, but even like the little <laughs> the little details that maybe you had to skim over, I remember that was, I mean, for some of it, I was literally living within vicinity of you while that was all being worked out, and it felt like forever. I mean, I know you kind it of mentioned... Really yeah, you kind of mentioned like the plane fare and you know, living accommodations I was all taken care of, which now we mm-hmm. could kind of smooth over. But back then it was just this I don't know, crazy like chance coincidence story where, um well, I don't want to butcher your story. Maybe you can add in, but just like meeting the right people That's at true. the right time when you thought I think it was a was it a ten day trip you thought you would be taking with your sister. yeah um, that you were saving was, yeah, up for I had
1: been saving. Yeah, I had yeah. been saving all of my money from my paychecks to Go on this um, French vacation with my sister, just for like ten days, maybe two weeks, mm-hmm. um, just because I was like, I have to, I have to see what this passion is about about this country I've never been to, um, and I had not booked anything for that at all. Um, I had just been saving and you know, kind of researching about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. But um, a friend, I was working, and a friend of mine came into uh, mm-hmm. the surf shop that I worked at. And she was, you know, asking me all the classic questions that you get right after you graduate high school. Like, what are you wanting to do? What's your, what are your interests? What are your passions? And I was like, France. And then I told her about how I was saving up and how I was planning a vacation. She goes, well, wait a minute. I have a friend who needs a nanny. Would you be interested? And the rest is kind of history. And it was so funny because it was days after my France-themed graduation party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that crazy?
0: It's, It's so crazy. And it's like, I mean, this whole theme, I feel like that I learned so richly through your story when I look back is, um, just this idea of like desires in your heart. And I guess from our perspective, maybe not everybody listening, but, uh, from the Christian perspective, like those being from God. And, um, and I just remember like thinking that was so beautiful because you actually, this was a long time ago and, um, but I, it stuck so like clearly in my head. You posted this picture um, of you by the Eiffel Tower. And then you said, like, if only my fourth grade self could see. And then on the next slide, there was something about, like, your drawing that you had done when you were, I don't know, eight or nine, something like that. And it was just yeah. this dream of you being in France. I think it was like a pink poodle you were walking. Yes. Um, but poodle besides, like, you had come to live that dream. And it was so amazing to me that... It wasn't, it didn't just have to be like, oh, the pinnacle was a two week vacation to France. That didn't have to be it. Like, God put those desires in your heart. And clearly, from everything else that you've experienced after that, I really think like Europe is where you're meant to be, at least for now. And it's where your heart is. And so I think it's so beautiful that you took God kind of at his unspoken word in this sense. Like, the desires, and I don't know, for me, sometimes I chalk it off. As, like, oh, this is just a phase or something. But for you, it was like, I know God's put desire with purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to follow it. Um, yeah. I think that's so beautiful, but also Absolutely. brave of you.
1: Oh, thank you, Robin. That's really sweet. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of desires coming from a young age, it was in that same year that I did that drawing. Um, I really had this burning desire to be a teacher. I would go home after school and I would teach myself my homework (laughs) and I remember sitting down with my mom and being like, mom, I just, I want to be a teacher so bad, I just, I think my words, I don't know actually how I'm remembering this, my words were like, I just, I get to to be with kids and and be part of their lives for the rest of their lives. Like, I was in fourth grade, shout out to Mrs. Lopez, (laughs) she was one of my favorite teachers that I've ever had. And she really, I really appreciated her because she was so encouraging of my, um, my giftings, not just to me specifically, but to all her students. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, gosh, what an awesome job to just like be able to be a building block in someone's life. You know what I mean? And teach them lifelong skills. And I remember sitting with my mom, telling her all these things that were just (laughs) like burning within my nine, nine year old self. And she sat with me and she prayed and she prayed over me like, God, it. I just, I pray your will over, over Gabrielle's life. I pray that if it is your will, that she would, um, she would be able to pursue a career in teaching. I don't remember all the words, but it was along those lines of God. I just pray your will over my daughter. And it's so crazy because now I have the opportunity to also fulfill Mm -hmm. that. And I really do believe that's, um, divine. I'm going to the Netherlands to um, study international teaching. So what that means is I'm going to a four-year program that's gonna like, build me up and educate me in the world of specifically yes. primary school teaching, but in a multicultural classroom setting. And I'll have a lot of freedom in that to kind of bend the rules of traditional education settings. Yes. Um, and it's super cool because there's opportunities for jobs um like that all all over the world. But I mean, of course I want to stay in France just because that's where my heart is at. I have such a deep love for the people here and for the culture and for the language. I just Yeah, but I I mean, um I've also just been I've been humbled by the Lord to just really submit to his his sovereignty over my life because I can choose what I want to do all day long. But at the end of the day it's God who deserves the glory. But I really do believe um, the desires of the heart are designed to give God the glory yeah. for the destiny that he has set before us. Um, and I think that's beautiful because it's it's pleasing to us because, you know, we have these desires fulfilled and these dreams fulfilled, but God has, has his blueprint and his plan fulfilled and it glorifies him and he delights in it. I just yes. think that's so cool. It is. And...
0: I mean, the word that we've been using, beautiful, like, I really, I don't think there's another way to put it. It's genuinely so amazing, and you're right, like, the desires with purpose, by the way, I quoted that from you while I was looking through your Instagram. Oh, yeah, um, wow, yeah. Yes. You, you had a really nice comment back to somebody who said, God gives desires with purpose, which is so true, and and the beautiful thing is, it's not just bringing glory to Him, because obviously this totally has, it's shown, like, His awesomeness to um, bring about this thing which maybe uh, some people maybe myself included like if I ever had that calling I would have put God in a little box and said like no but it couldn't happen it's just not realistic for like somebody yeah. from Cal, like a small town in California like me but I think it's it's really amazing that the God we serve rewards us for obedience which we should submit in the first place but yeah. you simply were obedient yeah. about the things that you love and he gave it to you um, yeah I, yeah. I would dare say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably way more than you could have ever imagined or thought of
1: yourself. Oh, my gosh. I would never have imagined because, you know, I feel like, you know, to kind of stereotype a little bit, mm-hmm. to grow up in America, you kind of, when you grow up in America, America you kind of have this expectation that you're going to stay in the same country for your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Europeans, it's, it's something kind of different. If you live an in international life, it's nothing out of the ordinary um but I honestly would have never imagined that it would have been possible for me to build a life and a career outside of the United States um, in the way that I'm doing it and it's literally only possible because God is allowing me to do it and um, just something to share something was really convicting to me I was watching this um, sermon by Beth Moore and she was sharing Uh, a story that a really well-known newscaster had shared with her and it was about the beginnings of her really successful career as a journalist and how she was traveling around and the whole time she was like God watch what I'm going to do like and you're you're going to be along for the ride and she was like that was such a big mistake for me to think that it was my life and God was just Mm. like there to cheer (laughs) me on in a way and to support me Mm. and to encourage me. I think that we have to begin our our days knowing that they are God's first and foremost in our lives and not our own. Our careers are not our own. Our giftings are our gifts, you know? We didn't we didn't just like build them ourselves. We're hardwired the way God designed us. And that's our, there's a Hebrew word, kazon. That's, it uh, basically means like you're, for lack of better words, I can't remember the exact definition, but it's like how God has spiritually gifted you. Mm. Um, It's not our own, all of it belongs to God. Every rock we see, every leaf on every tree, it's all God's, none of it's ours. He's not along for the ride, he's the driver. You know what I mean? And (laughs) so when we literally let Jesus take the wheel, I think that's when our lives can really just explode Mm -hmm. with love and joy and contentment. Um, But you you have to let go of the wheel and you have to submit and give God all glory and power.
0: Wow. That was so perfect, Gabrielle. And kind of what you were saying about contentment and things, as you were talking about how when you wake up, you have to know that the day belongs to God. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking in my own experience, sometimes when I try to take it into my own hands or say it's like all by my own uh, devices, I guess, and in my Mm -hmm. control, then it really mm-hmm. leads to disappointment, even if the day turned Absolutely. out exactly how I wanted. Because yeah. if there's even the most minor hitch, then I'm like, oh, you know, I could have, I could have prevented that, or it could have been different, and um, and it's all on me. All the pressure is on me. But I think when you aren't expecting any of that, but you just leave it up to this like almighty, powerful God, He can do so much. Um, yeah. So I just yeah. think that's so, yeah. so 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 beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think it's really beautiful too, and it just kind of shows the character of God, how mm-hmm. He's not this like, you know, I don't know, I don't know the word, je- like jealous for power kind of God. Right, right. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's just, yeah. it shows His character and His love in she- a way that is like really personal, because it, I mean, yeah. it is personal, you know? It's like when we invite Him into our lives to have this intimate relationship with with us, we just get like a mere glimpse of his 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 kindness mm-hmm. and his beauty. And there's this song that I really love. I think it's from Bethel. I think it's called "The Goodness of God." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is so good. I don't know, Robin, if you've listened to that song before, yes. <laughs> or if anyone else has. I highly recommend it um, because it it just talks about um, how all our lives he's been so faithful, even in the in the yucky like really trying times of our lives he's been so good to either teach a lesson or just just kind of hold our hands in the mud and you know what i mean right right um because when when i took control of the wheel i I shared with you before robin Mm -hmm. in our call before this that i was you know periodically happy and enjoying myself um you know with uh you know whatever activity i was partaking in that was not godly Um, but I was totally joyless. You know, I'd leave the experience feeling like, okay, now what? You know, um, and I just walking without God was a horrible mistake, but like we also talked about Mm -hmm. knowing what it's like to live life without him makes me feel so much stronger in my life with him because I know now that that's not what I want. I never want to go back to the place where I'm like uh, uh, what's the word? Like spiritually feeding myself because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my spiritual food for myself (laughs) is so imperfect. And like, how could I, how could I feed my soul with something that's imperfect and going to leave me joyless? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: No, exactly. Um,
1: So yeah, I feel really thankful to, to know, to know God now at a young age and, um, just to be walking closely with him and um, my prayers that i walk in obedience in in everything doesn't matter it could be the small things mm-hmm. and the big things yeah of course what
0: a what a valuable lesson you've learned in um you know by <laughs> the age 21 whereas for other people not that i mean everybody obviously has a different uh, rate at, at which they learn lessons through life but
1: mm-hmm.
0: um you know what a gift that for you uniquely you could uh, learn such significant lessons before you know, before many people do. Um, I think it's really amazing. And uh, yeah, just what amazes me a whole lot about the whole theme of your story is that um, a lot of it was just, I don't want to say blind faith, but just really a lot of trust. Because what I brought up about this not being the conventional route, for me, it was just that um that fear of not having the comfort of security. So having like, yeah. you know, a, a step-by-step thing. Everybody does, right? Like you get good grades in high school and then you apply mm-hmm. to college, pay your deposit, uh, work hard to finish classes, graduate, get a job, you know? And yep. not that that's bad. <laughs> and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, can find um, their own purpose in life doing that. But I think it's just... It's so striking to me that you, um, even right out of high school, when nobody, let's be honest, like nobody knows what they're doing. You didn't know what you were doing, but you knew God did. <laughs> so you just stuck yeah. into that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful. I, my friend and I have talked this over, and we just like can mutually agree that um, it was a rescue from, from the Lord to have brought me back into this place of just being in, in um, submission to Him and in true, genuine worship of him and his sovereignty um, and his goodness and his faithfulness um, at this age, because it could have happened way farther on down the road. I could have been, you know, married with kids. I could have like had a family to lose in all the Mm. kind of spiritual wandering that I was doing at 19 and 20. Um, So, yeah, to, to, to know and follow Jesus at this age. Um, with the discipleship that I've had is such a gift. Yeah. And I do
0: want to add to that, by the way, that um, obviously, like, as we've been talking about a lot of this, like, all the glory goes to God. But I was thinking about your story, and still um, there's something to be said about putting in, or, like, pulling your weight and putting in the personal work, ultimately trusting God, but still doing your part. Because, I mean, even if you don't do it, if it's His will, He's going to make it happen. He's going
1: to... Yeah, totally.
0: But I feel like, you know, looking back on your, I guess, um, journey so far, there was a lot of stuff that you had to do. You didn't just lie there passively and say like, well, you know, like God's got it. Like you still had to work actively for a visa. I remember um, speaking on the phone last year, and I think that was somewhat around the time where you were going through that process because it was COVID. And maybe people didn't mean it originally for the situation, but we talked about the quote, absence makes the heart grow fonder and yeah um i think we were just speaking about how that can connect to your story because uh it really made it clear while you had to be back in the states that you know europe is where your heart is like that's where you're supposed to be and that made you work all the harder and you know do your time and put in your work to um, obey god
1: yeah absolutely i think that when god hardwires us he hardwires us with these passions that are almost unfathomable um To the point where we just kind of i don't know just come to a point where we bubble over a little bit so at that point when i was stuck in the states during covid i was like oh my gosh just get me out of this country like i need to be in europe i feel like i'm not home i feel so homesick and that's when god opened up the door for me to move to germany and i was like it's not france i remember writing a song and it was like um of course it isn't my beautiful france but i'm taking the trip given the chance And it ended up being, I mean, I still live in Germany, but being in Germany has been the most life-changing season thus far Mm -hmm. in my 21 years of life. Wow. It's been so fundamentally important for me to have walked through a year and a half, almost two years of living in Berlin.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine and I say that literally, like I'm a girl <laughs> in a closet in Colorado recording a podcast. Oh my gosh.
1: That's amazing. Oh, you don't have to give yourself more credit for what you walked through.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, definitely there there is value in different forms, but um, it's definitely it's definitely very very notable what you've been through. And I will say, by the way, it's kind of beautiful that you are in um, Germany too, because even if it's not France, like just physically speaking geographically I know Europe is kind of in a way where you can visit so many different countries probably within a day
1: yeah which I mean I just have to throw it in there I'm yeah. in France right now if I yeah. didn't mention that before and it's I feel like I'm home and it's just mm-hmm. although really quick side story it was super interesting today I've befriended a few teenagers I'm camping and I've, defend, I've befriended a few teenagers at the campsite and they only speak French and I'm I'm very comfortable in French. But since learning German, my German and French get super mixed up and it was so humbling talking to them and them having to like walk me through <laughs> the sentences but I kept switching to German. Anyways, it was really interesting. Yeah. But I feel like I'm home in France and it's just such a gift to be here because yeah, you're right, being in, in Europe you can we drove here. We drove to France. Mm-hmm. You can go anywhere you want within hours. Yeah. whether it's by plane or car or whatever.
0: By the way, I did want to I did bring this up because I did want to talk about just what's going on um if anybody listening, like, hears the ambience in the back, I'm actually loving it. I'm Gabrielle. If it's okay with you, not <laughs> me, not editing this out, like, it's so cool. But um, she is actually at a like a campsite. In oh France. my gosh! Like,
1: I didn't realize you could hear people behind. No, no,
0: it's it's just like the right level, you know. But it's like so oh. amazing. Oh yeah, and there's the dog because um, she's. Oh, gosh, uh, I'm so no, sorry. No, 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 it's it's so cool. Um, she's uh, taking. Um, a dog on a walk in a campsite in France. And I was just thinking like, can you imagine, I mean, like even what, this is 2022, we graduated in 19. So three years ago, neither of us would have ever believed that this call was happening. <laughs> right? Like that you would be no. in this situation three yeah. years, which in the long run is yeah. in the big picture is nothing.
1: It's, it's a tiny drop in an ocean of a lifetime. It's yeah. three years is absolutely nothing. I mean, it's something because my life has gone through so many changes, but it's, you're right, you're right. It's such a small small period in comparison to a lifetime.
0: Yeah, and so all the more, like, he's already done so much. Like, what more can God do in your, you know, much longer than three-year life, right?
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. makes me feel really excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's so amazing that, like, a relationship with God, I know a lot of, and understandably, but why a lot of people are repelled from Christianity is because it feels like it's this um, very much a religion in the sense that it's it's nothing you get joy from. It's just about serving and giving, and that's to an extent true. But there's mm-hmm. also so much blessing that you receive, which, like we were talking about again, just um, you know, it's just such a blessing that we could receive for doing what we were already you know <laughs> supposed yeah. to do. But on the topic of, I guess, religion, I was curious. I have heard little things about this before from people who've lived in Europe. But how, if at all, like how would you say that religion is experienced or, um, I don't know, practiced differently in
1: Europe than it is in the States? Is there any kind of difference that comes to mind for you? Yeah, great question. Um, So there's been a lot of hurt and trauma that Europe has undergone as far as religion goes, understandably, because it was it was religion, you know, there were Mm -hmm. rules and regulations, and there was this kind of like feudalism kind of a thing going on. Um, I don't know all my history, but I know enough for my friends to know that religion is something to be hated because it's not Mm -hmm. open and free and loving. And it's just a bunch of rules that are forced on people who believe a certain thing from, you know, whatever book they, they read. Um, so to come across someone who's a Christian, of Jesus loving, following Christian in Europe is very rare. Um, But when they do, they really go full in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just so magnificent because, you know, coming from the States, you have a lot of these, we use the words passive before, these Mm -hmm. passive Christians who are Christian merely because of culture, you know. Um, But in France, you have... You have these hot and cold people. You have the people who are like, nope, not my thing. I've had friends tell me like, no, yeah, I just good for you. I'm glad it makes you happy, but it's just not my thing. Um, But when I meet a European who's a Christian, they're like, oh my gosh, my Jesus is so beautiful and so good. And I just, I love serving him and worshiping him. It's just so interesting to me how they're, I've come across very few lukewarm, lukewarm, um, christians here but um yeah i shared with you before robin in berlin specifically just to give people an idea of how few christians there are um in the entire city of berlin the percentage of christians is 0.5 percent it's really crazy um it's just so rare but that 0.5 percent is a just a fire that is on just loves to share jesus with people and loves to spread the good news of um of his, um, to the world. Um, but yeah, a lot of my friends are like, nope, not for me. Very much, um, like a cold hardened heart yeah. towards it. They're not cold hard hearted people, <laughs> but right. as far as um, being sensitive to the voice of God, they, they would rather just live, um, in the pleasure of what they choose oh. and the pleasures of the world. Sure. Um, and I really do think that's generational trauma from what has been forced on them before in the past, yeah. or what ha- what tradition has forced on them in the past, rather. Totally,
0: and I don't know. It it is so mind blowing, especially in um, in America, where such a large the majority of the country identifies as Christian. But it's so amazing what you were saying, like that you've not met. lukewarm Christian in Europe, and uh, while I'm sure they, you know, exist.
1: (laughs) I'm sure they exist, Right,
0: but but, I mean, the fact that, like, largely your experience is just that it's, if you, if they are a Christian, they're so on fire for Jesus, and that kind of, I feel like, is, um, kind of echoes what we were talking about before, like, you can't know the sweetness of something unless you've known the bitterness of, like, the absence of it, and, um, whether that's in your personal journey or just, like, even something like being away from France and just realizing like how much you love it, and I think it's a pretty similar theme there, which is so amazing, so mind blowing, and I'm sure it's yeah. very inspirational when you experience Yeah, that.
1: it's super. Isn't that funny how that theme can weave mm-hmm. the the theme of um, absence makes the heart grow fonder that oh. can weave through anything. Yeah. Oh know? my
0: gosh, yes, and it could really it's deepen brilliant. any sentiment
1: that you have about anything.
0: Um, but yeah, that's super interesting. I guess on maybe a lighter side of things, I did want to ask you, um, mm-hmm. what 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 do you feel are the most like major culture differences, whether for better or for worse, that you've experienced between Europe and um, the United States?
1: Ah, hmm. Oh my gosh, I've gotten this question before. <laughs> um let's see and i had a hard time answering it hopefully it'll be a little bit a little bit easier for me answering it the second time around i would say that people are super honest they they're really good at boundary setting at least in my mm-hmm. experience i know that there are people that are not able to do that healthily <laughs> yep. but they're super honest they're it kind of it's kind of like the hot and cold thing they're going to tell you what they think and they're not going to be apologetic about it and yeah, I'd say that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And um, also just kind of like the the slow pace of life. They yes. they take their sieste time in France mm-hmm. very seriously for two hours in the afternoon. That's when they rest and they lunch and they enjoy time with their friends and family. And they don't worry about their productivity. I mean, they I, they still work and they are as diligent as they are able to be. But it's not like this go, 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 produce, produce, produce kind of mentality that um, comes, you know, kind of naturally almost in America.
0: So it's more working Um, to live rather than living to
1: work. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, In fact, when we uh, checked into our campsite at this Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. little spot, um, the receptionist was like, just let me know, I'm not available these hours (sighs) in the afternoon because... I want to eat. (laughs) Like, that's great. I Go you. Please eat and enjoy your rest time. That's really important to me, too. Yeah, yeah. and then, which that's honestly ministered a lot to me because, you know, I'm American. I have inherited that, like, go, 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 produce, produce, Mm produce mindset. And it has been so detrimental to me because when I don't meet my own standards, I get super down Mm -hmm. on myself. Mm -hmm. And it... I mean, being abroad, you you have a lot of limits to what you're able to produce because legally you're not allowed to work. You, um, I mean, with the visa that I have, right. I'm not legally allowed to work in Europe. Um, and I was just like, gosh, like, what am I even doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm so used to working and pushing myself beyond limits, but the Lord was like, oh, you, you need to be a Mary and just sit at my feet and mm-hmm. be a student and be still and at rest and you need to just stop being a Martha because what Mary has, it can't be taken away from her. You know, Martha can produce and work all day long, but Mary's is is sitting and learning from me and that stays with her forever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, you're right. But I mean, it's still something that I'm learning because I still have this go, go, go mentality that I'm trying to, um, uh, make a healthy relationship with like mm-hmm. meaning not make it my priority in my daily routine so much anymore right but um, yeah I would say that the honesty and the slow pace of life are the two major differences at least for me yeah
0: no that's um, that's huge which and I-, I love yeah, I kind of, I kind of expected something along those lines. I feel like that's what a lot of people say about Europe, and um, it does sound, in a way, refreshing as like uncharacteristic and maybe unfamiliar that is to people who have grown up in American culture. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a follow up question, but before that, I'll just give some context um, for anybody who didn't understand the reference. Martha and Mary is not—that's not like our friends. <laughs> of <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, biblical characters. And so um, Mary being the mother of Jesus and then um, Martha, a relative cousin, right? I don't want to butcher that. <laughs> yeah, they, um, so
1: they were the sisters of Lazarus, I believe. Oh. Who who's a dear, beloved friend of Jesus. You know what? That says a lot about me. <laughs> no, it doesn't.
0: No, no, you're <laughs> but, um, I, no. I don't
1: even know if that's right. I'm pretty sure it is.
0: I think you are. <laughs> um, but what I did want to ask about that is you know like we were talking about that kind of um take on life is so like uh, countercultural to america and so i know that during covid there was a time when you did have to come back to the states and i'm sure as you were saying i think in your own words as i like administered to you that kind of lifestyle and i'm sure you adapted some of that and wanted to bring it back but do you think it was i mean if that was the case do you think it was hard to um to keep that when not everyone else around you is kind of promoting the same lifestyle?
1: Yeah. Because I was like, you guys, like, can't you see that you're so unhappy? Mm -hmm. I know so many workaholics who are just like, would finish their day at 4 or 5 PM and just be done and turn on the TV and veg out. And that would be their week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds actually horrible. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And they're like, I was guilty of this, like even on, um, coffee breaks, I'd be like, Oh my gosh. Okay. What can I get done? Mm, So then I can like get off work and feel like I had a productive day and it is a recipe for burnout. I really think when you're not feeding your soul and your mind and doing things that make you happy and lit up, you're just like creating a really spiritually stagnant environment for your, for your soul. But anyways, um, I kind of fell victim to that because it was what everyone else around me was doing. Um, though I would make special time to be completely alone and just like go ride my bike or go for a walk or journal or read or something like that. Um, to keep my brain kind of active. But yeah. yeah, but I have to say it's kind of a funny little detail. But the thing that I had a really hard time getting used to after moving back was people like strangers passing me on the street. Oh yeah. Smiling at me. Looking at me smiling at me and saying hi how are you but i would get like irritated about it robin i'd be like oh my gosh who are you you don't care how i'm doing why would you ask me that <laughs> and i was like wow this is kind of a problem <laughs> that's so interesting that is so, so
0: interesting
1: but i it's guess yeah it is that i mean
0: even i recently like made the move back to the states from korea and i definitely i think had a layer that too like of course i appreciate the gesture, but, um, for some things I'd be like, yeah, this is so shallow. Like, why are you even trying to like strike up small talk? Realistically, they're being nice. They're trying to like welcome us to the neighborhood. But I was like, really just get out. Like,
1: (laughs) yes, there can Um, totally be a lack of depth. I think that's the difference. So that's maybe a better way to put it in European culture. There's such a depth to connection. Mm -hmm. For example, when a French person invites you into their home, You are family to them. They are so warm and generous and just loving in a way that I personally have never really experienced in America. I mean, with people that are my dear family and friends, but like with, with people who were, you know, kind of, um, guarded strangers at first, Yeah, I was invited into their home and they're like, you are welcome anytime we mean it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. That's so incredible. Um, yeah so there's like this kind of um uh craving of depth yeah. in european culture and i think that's um i really think it's that that is gonna spark a revival in mm. in europe because um, when you encounter jesus like that's you're getting some depth there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um but as far as america uh, like i don't i'm not trying to you know <laughs> for lack of better words, crap on American culture Cancel at Cancel America it's, podcast. It's Cancel American, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm American. I'm proud to be an American. I love where I grew up. Um, some parts of my culture I'm really not proud of. Um, the, the shallowness and the sleepiness mm-hmm. of it is one of the things. When I say sleepiness, I mean, like, the kind of lack of lucidity mm-hmm. when it comes to depth. You know? you know? Like, encountering a stranger that you really honestly don't care about and saying, Hey, how are you? I'm like, again, I appreciate the gesture, yeah. but it's like, oh my gosh, there's just no depth here. If I stopped and told you, I was like, and was <laughs> like, I just broke up with my boyfriend. Right. And I'm actually really not doing good. They would totally not enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they would be like, I didn't ask for that.
0: Oh my gosh. That's really funny. You brought up that example because uh, the, the pastor at our church this last Sunday was saying like, when you do meet and greet time as you do at most churches, You are not asking. When you say, how are you? You are, like, begging. You're like, please, God, don't make them, like, tell me how they are. Like, just tell me about your kids. Or, like, say, like, I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. Which, I mean, understandable. I definitely fall into the same trap. But um, obviously, this is something that would take, you know, generations probably to make a change. But Mm. if it were up to you, I guess this is a pretty far out question but yeah. if we're up to you and you could get everybody on board in america in a snap just to cooperate uh what do you think would be a change that you would um incorporate i guess so that we could like push towards a better culture
1: or maybe one of more def- ah, in america as a whole would you say yes okay oh that's kind of a hard one because i find that state by state the culture is so different or it's on a different spectrum of the american culture so Let's start with the West Coast. (laughs) I guess just like we need to get off our phones. Honestly, Mm. I think that the phone, modern media in general, is such a vessel for destruction Mm. and such a vessel for discontentment. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, discontentment, the fruit can look like, the fruit from that can look like a lot of different things, meaning you can be discontent with the way you look and then that can lead to Mm self-sabotage, or you could be discontent with the people you're hanging out with all the time, and that can lead to judgment or even hatred Mm -hmm. and resentment. Um, It can do a lot of things. I think that's countrywide for sure. Um, But also, just like a wider view of the world. I feel like Mm -hmm. America is such its own, so much its own little bubble that we forget about the rest of the world. And the rest of the world, to Americans, speaking generally, again, um, is foreign and unusual and mm-hmm. weird and a spectacle yeah. you know it's not oh, respected as exactly. it's, its own little piece of the planet earth right you know what i mean yes so um yeah i feel like that's what i would change that i would make more opportunities for people to travel not to post instagram pictures not mm. to you know put it in their whatever like bio that they went hiking in peru and yeah. saw in Machu Picchu, oh whatever yeah. like cool but did you like talk to the locals did you get to know their hearts did you get to know their culture in a way that a tourist resort would not you know what I mean I would just like I would just like to widen the view on that I feel like we need to take off our our America goggles (laughs) you know what I mean yes because you know I know far too many people who are like oh I just I just America is just so easy, and it is. America has this like, um, it has the disease of convenience. Honestly, it's this thing that we. Hmm, let me back up a little bit. There's this song lyric, and it's by my favorite artist, and she writes, um, "You give me the disease, and now you're selling me the cure." In America, oh, it's kind man. of like we have this like, desire to have everything be so easy for us it really is like this disease and the cure for that is hard work for everybody Mm. like oh walmart open 24 7 who's working that you know what i mean really unhappy people more likely than not oh cool mcdonald's like open till 2 a.m something ridiculous like that and in europe that does not exist right and we we acknowledge i'd speak as if i'm a european which <laughs> <laughs> i really hope to be one day um but in europe that's just not the deal on sundays you expect mm-hmm. to not go to any shops because they're all closed mm-hmm. um at, at siesta time you expect to not do anything go to any shops all closed because people have lives and families and bodies that need rest yeah um so yeah i would really push for the whole like um employee sanity. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is that so much
1: <laughs> And shopper consideration? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the whole like the customers always right mentality is, is fine if you're the customer. Um okay, okay. but it just like feeds that crippling convenience disease mm. and I think easy lives are the last things we should be striving for. Hmm. Um, cuz it just makes for ultimate laziness and sure it can be really destructive yeah um doesn't mean working ourselves into the ground that's not at all what it means it means actually taking a step back and working harder in the things that need more tlc like your soul
0: that's so important just to just to know it has to be you know either end of the spectrum in moderation like please don't overwork but i don't think i think yeah like this idea of convenience and easiness or ease um (laughs) <laughs> it's been toxic in the sense that it's become the norm and so it has led to like overall laziness which is you know kind of it's kind of despairing to think about <laughs> but um but it's yeah. good i the first step you know is just to recognize it um but absolutely oh well, i know it's i know it's getting late there i did want to ask you one last thing and then um uh, i'll let you go but i just to back up you kind of talked about how you know it if and when people are open-minded here to other cultures, a lot of times it does become very showy. And I mean, you and I, we both, to some extent, use Instagram, right? Um, So we're not yeah. saying it's like terrible, but uh, you said something oh, to me over text messages, I think a couple weeks ago, but you were sending me some pictures, but you just made a comment like, you know, I this doesn't even capture it. And there are so many more, so many more memories I've had that I just didn't capture either properly or at all, like on camera. Um, but I just thought like, you know, as much as it's nice to have those things, I thought that was just so admirable because it speaks to just how much you're living your experience. You're not there right now so that you could come back to the States at some point and put in your bio, like, uh, like three years spent in Europe and, you know, did schooling here. Like it's, you're just living and you're just, um, in a spiritual sense, like receiving and enjoying God's gifts to you. But just for yourself, I, I just really think you're, living a full life. I don't even know, like, if I'm expecting a response from you or anything, but I just wanted to say that's so inspirational and very beautiful. And I think um, we could all learn a lot from that.
1: Oh, that's really sweet of you to say. It it really is such a gift. I just, I really think that there's, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal or anything because I am only just now figuring this out and I'm not doing a great job at it, but there is such a almost profit to putting your phone down and just like taking a deep breath and that sounds so cheesy and cliche but like (laughs) just taking a deep breath and my friend Kylie she goes just one time we were at the farmer's market or something and and we were just having a really just perfect moment under the the fairy lights and he just bought these roses Mm -hmm. and we're just enjoying each other's company and weather was perfect it was just perfect and she goes just just stop and like look up at the sky and just breathe in and Experience life right now. And I've always Mm -hmm. taken that she probably doesn't realize this but I've always taken that and I'm like, oh I need to Stop and take in life right now. I'm standing in front of this Like I don't even know how old this building is It's a very old stone building in southern France and I'm under Mm -hmm. the stars and it's hot outside and I'm talking to one of my dearest friends and I just feel like I need to take a breath in and experience life right now because God is so good yeah. And it is so special and so cool. Um but yeah, I don't really know where I was oh. going with that. But it's just like being present is is such a present. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh there it um, is. yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Um thank you for saying that. Um though I do love having pictures to remember the the moments that I that I experience. It is that's Absolutely. also a gift. And we do too. Like
0: I that. love when you post. It's 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 so amazing i can't even believe that
1: we're living that
0: life and it's so crazy um gabrielle there is so much so much more that i could say and ask but you have been so generous with your time and um i don't know i feel i don't even want (laughs) to take any more of your time right now while you're in france and just where i I think you're really meant to be um i will just say it's Among so many other things I've said and haven't said, um, something that makes you so inspirational is that they have that quote, like, bloom where you're planted. And you do that so well. Like, I've been thinking this Mm -hmm. for years, but, like, wherever you live, like, in California, you were totally California girl, like, beach babe, like, always at the beach, like, surfing, you know, everything. And you weren't even... I don't think you were trying to make a point. You were just like fully blooming where you're planted. And now Mm -hmm. you're in Europe and not that that part of you was fake or not there anymore. But now you're just like living this. (laughs) I'm sure it's not completely perfect. But, you know, to everybody else, it's like, wow, you know, living this amazing European life. Um, And you just, you do so well in that. And I think we uh, all have so much, so much that we could learn from you, that being just one of the small things.
1: Thank you. I will say that though plants can bloom anytime they're repotted or um, put into new soil, their roots go into shock and they have to learn learn a new way to sprout up again. So it's yeah. never easy, but I really do think that um, when you have when you have a holy, a holy, good, perfect God leading the way, your anyone can bloom where they're planted. Truly, I really believe that.
0: Wow. I I can't even top that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My friend said that, not me. But I was like,
0: Oh, that's so true. <laughs> no, that that is so true. And that's all that all wisdom is, isn't it? Everybody just learning from each other, which okay. Just to end it off, after you listen to this podcast, whoever's listening, get off your phone, go experience life, take a deep breath in, (laughs) Um, all the things Go to the farmer's market. Yeah, go to the (laughs) farmer's market. Find some, (laughs) find some, or, you know, even if it's just, I don't know, beauty in whatever setting you're in. Also sounds corny, but, I mean, just, even if you're not living in Europe or you're not in this glamorous closet that I'm in, like, (laughs) there's so much beauty in where you are, so I'd encourage you to start that journey of trying to bloom where you planted but um Elle, thank you so so much for your time and it's just you're so welcome uh, it's always so good to talk to you no matter how much time has passed oh, in between it's so good
1: to talk to you too thank you for thank your you. time I so enjoyed getting to talk to you and catch oh, up and I love hearing about your passion projects and I love <laughs> your eloquence and your creativity it's so cool I that's love being a part of it
0: a, that's a huge compliment um, oh, I mean it. I really appreciate it, but um, yeah, thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the you. rest of your camping trip oh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Perhaps
1: we'll see you guys. I feel like we should be pen pals again.
0: Oh, what? Yes, when you have like a stable address. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I will let you know. <laughs> Please do. Sounds good, Robin. Okay. Good night. Enjoy the rest Bye. of your night. Good night. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye.